start today at the Mishnah on Daf Ayin Hey Yomud Beis in the bottom towards the bottom of the Yomud. Continue the halachas of uh, roasting the carbon Pesach. Noga bechar social tanner. If when you roasted the carbon Pesach, so part of it touched the cheres, the earthenware of the oven. So what happens then? So it's not getting fully roasted from the fire in that area where it touched the oven. So it's getting heated up from the walls of the oven. So yikleif es You have to peel off that place because it's not roasted properly. Notav miroitvoi alacheres. What happens is if from the gravy of the carbon pesach as you're roasting it, so a lot of the gravy comes out and it goes onto the earthenware. And then the chazarelov, from that gravy that went on the earthenware of the oven, it went back onto the uh, carbon pesach. So then it now got the, the gravy that got the heat from the from the cheres went back onto the carbon pesach and it got heated up from the cheres. Yitel es So you have to remove that place. And here the mission doesn't just say that you have to peel it off. Peel it off is just a very thin layer. It says yitel es You have to take off that area. And the reason is because we're talking here about the gravy. It's fatty. And when it goes back onto the carbon pesach, it penetrates much deeper. So you have to take off that area. Notav meiroitvoi alasailas. If it dripped from the gravy of the carbon pesach onto the um, onto flour. So now that uh, area that it went onto the flour, we're talking about, as Rashi says, the Gemara will explain, we're talking about boiling hot flour. So that gravy now got heated up from the boiling hot flour. So again, this gravy is not tzli from the fire, it's tzli from this hot flour. So what do you do then? Yikmoit es mekayma. You have to take, if you want to be able to eat from this flour, you have to take a kmitza, a fistful, to remove from that place to be able to eat from it. Sachoi b'shem and truma. If you uh, smear the carbon Pesach with oil from truma. So im chaburas kayanim. If it's a group of kayanim that are eating this carbon, so yeichlu, they can eat it. It's truma, the kayanim eat. Im shal Yisrael. If it's yidin that are eating, eating the carbon Pesach, so im chayhu, if they, they smear the animal with this oil while it's, and it's still not been roasted, it's still raw, yibichenu, just wash it off, and then you can roast it. Vim and if it was roasted, if it was, if it was already roasted, and that's when they put the oil on it, so then yikloif esachitzen. So you have to take off the outer layer, you have to peel off the outer layer in order to be able to eat it. Sochoi b'shemesh al maiseshenim. If you smeared it with the oil of maiseshenim, so lo yasenu domim al b'nei chabura. So that oil, you cannot uh, have the people of the chabura that are eating the carbon pesach pay you participate in the payment of the oil of the of the maiseshenim. Why not? She'ein poidin maiseshenim b'yirushalayim. The halach of maiseshenim is that only outside Yerushalayim do you redeem it for money. But once it's brought into Yerushalayim, you have to eat the, the Maiseshani, you can't redeem it. So over here to sell the oil of this Maiseshani that the people of the group should pay for their participation in eating from this Maiseshani, it's like selling the Maiseshani in Yerushalayim, redeeming the Maiseshani in Yerushalayim. So you're not allowed to do that. It's been very difficult to, like, to monitor the whole time to see that nothing splashes. Absolutely. Nothing. <laughs> so you see, yeah, this is yet another detail of how difficult this is, that I have to make sure that it's in a way that it has to be roasted only from the fire.
So now we begin a Gemara that we'll be discussing very fundamental halachas, not only regarding carbon Pesach, but regarding the, the, isr of, the, the of things that are mentioned in Yeridea and Hilchas Taruvas. This is a very fundamental blot we're going to learn here today. Itva, we learned the following Machlaikis. Cham letoi cham. If you have something that's hot, that fell into something else which is hot. So Rashi says, let's say you have a piece of meat, boiling hot piece of meat that fell into a pot of boiling hot milk. And when we say cham, we're talking about that cloud means it falls into a clear issue that's on the fire. So every or Rashi gives another example, uh, something which is osir, an osir piece of meat uh, falls, into a, or falls into something which is heter. So everybody would agree, osir, that in such a case, it absorbed because they were both hot, so they absorbed from each other. So the heta absorbed from the iser, and it's going to be aser. Tzaynin l'teich tzaynin. If you have one thing that's cold, it falls into something else that's cold. Divriyakal mutter. Everybody says that that's allowed because it does not absorb from each other. If it's not hot, so then it's, it doesn't absorb. Cham l'teich tzaynin. If something which is boiling hot falls into something which is cold, v'tzaynin l'teich cham. Or the reverse, something which is cold falls something into hot. So the question is, what happens over here? One of them are, is hot. So what's that law? Rav Omar Gova. Rav says that the one that's on the top overpowers. That has a stronger effect. So what happens is, if the one that's on the top is Osir and it's hot, so then it enters into the thing that's cold. It's stronger. It overpowers what's cold and it heats up. What's at, what's, what's at the bottom and what's cold. And once it heats up what's on the bottom that's cold, so then it mixes. They mix them together. That's uh, Rav's opinion. Shmuel, Omar, Shmuel says, no, Tata Govar. The Tata is, is stronger. So if the one that's on the bottom is hot, so then that's going to heat up what fell into it. But if the one that's on the top is hot, so sh- according to Shmuel, what happens is when it falls in, the Tata is Govar. And if Tata is cold, so then it's going to cool off what fell in. Not, not uh, the reverse, it's going to cool off what fell in and therefore they're not going to absorb from each other. So that's the, the Shaila. What happens over here when hot and cold come in contact with each other? Do I say that the cold cooled off that was hot so they don't absorb from each other? Or do I say no, the reverse happens. What's hot heats up what was cold and therefore they do absorb from each other. So Rav and Shmuel are arguing rega- regarding Rilah and Tata. Rav says that the Ilah is, is overpowers and that uh, affects what's at the bottom and Shmuel says no, it's the opposite. The Tata's Gava, what's at the bottom is stronger and it affects what comes in from the top. Tanan, Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, so what did it say in our Mishnah? So here the Gemara brings from a few different parts of our Mishnah to ask a question on Shmuel. So the Mishnah says, Notaf alacheres. From the gravy of the carbon Pesach it fell onto, it dripped onto the earthenware. And then and then it, it's, it went back up onto the carbon Pesach. So what do you do? It, it like splashed down, splashed down, and it went back up. So you have to remove that place of the carbon Pesach. So now, the Gemara was thinking at this point, we're talking about the carbon Pesach that dripped onto a piece of Cheres, and it was cold. And still, the, the Gemara says that when it splashes back up to the carbon Pesach, you have to remove that spot. According to Rav, that says that what's at the top has a stronger overpowering effect. It's understood why you have to take, you have to remove that spot of the carbon Pesach, because this is what happens. The Reitav drips down onto the cold Cheres, and it's Ilah Govar, it heats it up, it heats up the Cheres when it comes in contact with it. 
Then So now the, the, the gravy itself gets heat from this cheres that just got heated up. So now when this of splashes back up to the carbon Pesach, Pesach, it comes out that the carbon Pesach is being roasted. Machmas chamimusa the cheres because of the heat of this cheres, the ilah overpowered the cheres and therefore the cheres is now hot and it gets absorbed from the cheres. The point is that when the when the gravy came in contact with the cheres, it absorbed from the cheres. Ilah gava means that what's ilah heats up what's at the bottom, so therefore it now ends up absorbing from the cheres. When it absorbed from the cheres and then it went back up to the carbon pesach, so then it's getting heated up from the cheres. Verachmana, Maran the Tatis says, Tzliyesh, that it has to be only roasted from fire. Veloitzli, Machmas, Doveracher, it can't be roasted from something else, so therefore you have to cut off that area of the carbon Pesach. Elolushmul, Domatatog, Govar, however, Shmuel that says that what's at the bottom has a stronger effect. That cheres, which at this point we think is cold, even the tzayinu, if it's cold, akuri As soon as the as the gravy comes in contact with this cheres, that, that so what's at the bottom has a stronger effect. It cools it off, so it doesn't get heated up from the cheres. On the contrary, the the, the reitiv cools off, gets cooled off from the cheres. So why if it splashes back up to the carbon pesach, do you have to remove that spot of the carbon pesach? So the Gemara says, like Rabbi Yirmiya said regarding the next part of the Mishnah, as the Gemara will quote in a moment, that what we're talking about over here is, when the Mishnah talks about the flour, it's talking about boiling hot flour. Here as well, when it says cheres, we're talking about boiling hot cheres, we're talking about the cheres of the oven itself, like it said in the beginning of the Mishnah. So if we're talking about the cheres of the oven, it's boiling hot. So there's no ilah govar and tato govar, just like the, the, the gravy is boiling hot, the cheres itself in its own right is boiling hot. What's the sailor doing there? Huh? What's the sailor doing there? I don't know, it's a good question. Near the carbon Pesach, he was preparing, whatever, this is sailors, they're boiling hot sailors. Yeah, in but we're talking about sailors, if you can eat the sailors. Now the Gemara brings Take where Rabbi Yirmi has said this regarding the sailors, the next part of the Mishnah. And the Gemara goes through the exact same Indian. Tanan, so it said afterwards in the Mishnah, not of Mirait Velasilas, it dripped from the gravy onto the flour. Yikmoitzis Mekaima, you have to take away a fistful from that place where the gravy fell onto the flour. Kosal Kadaitok, we were thinking, Besilas Sinanes, that it's it's cold flour. So now Bishlaimala Rav, we understand according to Rav, the Omai Law Gova, Rav says that what's at the top has a stronger effect. So Mshumhochi Yikmitsam Esmakaimai, that's why you have to take away from that place where the gravy fell onto the flour. Why? The Martachlela Silas. Because what happens is the the gravy that's on the top heats up the, the flour as soon as it comes in contact with it. So Mshumhochi Yikmitsas so the Hodor. Huh? The Hodder Hydrine, so the Hodder Hydrine, the Hodder Silas, So what happens is it heats up the Silas, and then the Silas heats up, the, uh, the Silas ends up also heating up the gravy. So the gravy is getting roasted not only from the flour, so, sorry, not only from the fire that is, it gets heated up from the flour. And then the Kamatvi Reitav Machmas Chamimusa the Silas. So the gravy gets heated up from the heat of the flour. So the gravy hits the flour, it heats up the flour, and then the, the gravy gets absorbed from the hot flour. 
So the Rachmana Matzli Eish Veloitzli Machmas Davaracha. So the Torah says that it has to be heated only from the fire and not from something else. And here the flour that got heated up from the gravy now heats up the gravy. However, according to Shmuel, that says Tatogovar. So what happens? Soilas, even the tzenanesi. If the soilas is cold, akurika mekele. As soon as the gravy hits the flour, it cools it off. So lamali yikmetzes mekayma. Why do you have to remove the place where the where it hit the gravy? There's nothing wrong. The gravy didn't get any effect from the flour at all. Adarabe, the the flour just cools it off. So Rabbi Yirmiya said again in the name of Shmuel, that's what the Gemara was quoting before, that we're talking here about boiling hot flour. So therefore the gravy, as soon as it hits the flour, gets heated up from the flour. It's boiling hot flour and therefore everybody agrees that you have to remove that place. It's uh, boiling hot flour. Tanan, what is the next thing it said in the Mishnah? So you put oil onto the carbon Pesach. What kind of oil? Trum oil. If it's a group of Kayanim, they can eat it. But if it's Yisraelim, if it's still raw, you just wash it off. But if it was already roasted, so then you have to uh, peel off the outer layer. That's all. Only peel it off. So the question is, why is that enough to peel off the outer layer and not more than that? According to Rav, that says that what's, it, what's on the top has a stronger effect. So the oil is cold. So So therefore, what's on the top has a stronger effect. It cools off. When it comes in contact with the carbon Pesach, it cools it off. So therefore, you don't have to... Uh, remove anything deeper than just one clip. As soon as it comes in contact, that place right there where it came in contact, so it, it, it's mixed over there. So you have to cut off one thin layer, but not more than that. Because the oil that you're putting on the carbon Pesach is cold. The carbon Pesach was roasted, it's hot, but the oil is cold. So therefore, what happens? As soon as it comes in contact, the oil cools off the carbon Pesach, not the reverse. The carbon Pesach does not heat up the oil. But you still have to take off a clipper. So here the Gemara, you see here from the Gemara that even if you say, and it cools it <laughs> off, but a clipper, at least a thin layer, you would have to take off. So that we understand according to Rav. After yeah, after, after he was toilet, he put oil on it. But Shmuel that says that what's at the bottom has a stronger effect. So what happens? As soon as you smear the oil onto this carbon Pesach, so the carbon Pesach itself is boiling hot. So then it gets absorbed because the carbon Pesach heats up the oil. And if it heats up the oil, then they absorb from each other. So Why is it just enough to remove the outer peel of this? It should be totally forbidden to eat this carbon Pesach for a Yisrael that has now the truma, the oil of truma that's absorbed in it. Answers the Gemara, this case is different. Shani Sicha, when you're just putting some oil on it, it's different. The Mashu Ba'almahu. It's very little, it's a very thin layer of oil. The Mashu Ba'almahu Davidet. It's very little oil that you're placing on it. In such a case, even Shmuel will agree that the carbon Pesach does not have the Kayach to heat this up. It's a very um, thin, thin layer of oil. So over here, it's gonna, the Issa is only going to be Kadei Klippe. Right, so there's, a, there's different uh, discussions in Mepharshim exactly how little it is, if, uh, how, exactly what's the amount. I mean, it uh, has to be a uh, hundred times as much. The behemoth has to be large enough, a hundred times as much against that oil that you put on it. There's different shiurim that it says in Mepharshim. The point is, in such a case where there's so little that you're putting on it, so over here, everybody would agree.
Now the Gemara brings from, uh, from two Braises where it clearly says like Shmuel's opinion. And Rashi says that this is the reason why that over here we paskin like Shmuel, even though usually the halacha is like Rav, by to all in Yonam of Isurim, but over here, because there's two clear braces like Shmuel, we paskin like Shmuel, that holds a Tato Gova. So Tanik Vasei the Shmuel, Cham Latoicham, Hat falls into Hat, Osir. Coal that falls into hat, it's also usher, exactly like Shmuel said, because tatoa gova. Cham if the hat falls into cold, or or cold into cold, madiach, you just wash it off. So now the Gemara asks the question, Cham so what did we say if hat falls into cold, madiach, so it's enough just to cool, to, to just wash it off. Like the opinion of Shmuel, because tatoa gova, what's at the bottom, cools off what was hat. Kivin the chamu, but the Gemara asks, why would it be enough to just wash it off? Kivin the chamu, since what was at the top, what fell into what was called, was hot, Ademekele, so true, Shmuel says that what's at the bottom cools it off. But until it cools it off, for that second when it cools it off, it's impossible that what was hot and fell into what was cold did not get absorbed a little bit. So at least a peel, you should have to cut off, you should have to peel off, like the Gemara said before, when you get to the Mishnah, that even if you hold Tata Gavar and what's at the bottom is cold, but it, as it comes in contact, it does absorb a drop before it cools it off, so you should have to peel it off. There's actually another pshat, this is Rashi's pshat, there's another pshat in this Gemara, when the Gemara says, Ad the word Mekerle does not mean cold until it cools it off, Mekerle means that there's like a certain heaviness, that what's hot falls onto what's cold, so true, what's at the bottom cools it off, but as it comes down with a certain pressure onto what's cold, it does have an effect, it does get absorbed a little bit. So how could it say that it's enough to just wash it off? So the Gemara Taka says, you're right, you have to change the B'raiseh. What's hot fell onto what's cold, you have to peel it off. Only if both of the things that got mixed are cold, then then you can just wash it off. Another braise that says clearly like Shmuel, Tan Yedach, it says in the braise, Basar Reseach, Shinof Lotechol, of boiling hot meat, fell into a pot of milk, Reseach, also boiling hot milk, Vechain Tzayin, Shinof Lotecham, boiling hot meat fell into, or again, a cold piece of meat fall, falls into Cham, into a, a, a hot milk, Osser, like Shmuel said, that the bottom has the stronger effect and it's Osser. You just wash it off. So again, the Gemara asks the same question. Something hot falls into something cold. Is it enough to just wash it off? If it's hot, until it cools it off, it's impossible that it shouldn't absorb a little bit. So you should have to peel off at least one layer. So here as well, we have to change the price. That if hot falls into cold, true, it, coo- it cools it off, but it does absorb at least on one layer, the outer layer, so you have to peel it off. Only then if it's cold into cold, so then you wash it off. But now the Gemara is going to discuss this case. When you have cold, it falls into cold. So it said in the Braiseh, two things got mixed, cold and cold. It's just enough to wash it off. That's only if what's cold, if these two things are not, it's not salted. If it was salted, awesome. So then, because it's something which is salty, so it does absorb, because it's sharp, it's salty, it has a kayak, just like something which is hot, and it absorbs. Shmuel said, something which is salted, so then it's like something which is boiling hot. 
There's actually a discussion in Mepharshim whether this case of Maliach, which is like something which is hot, the Machlekes of Rav and Shmuel regarding whether Ilah Gavar or Tatah Gavar, whether, whether it applies to Maliach or not. The Gemara doesn't bring back that Machlekes, but could be that same Machlekes applies to this case of salty, whether the top one is salty, the bottom one is salty. So it's a Machlekes and Mepharshim about this. Another case which is similar to something which is hot, Kovosh Hareyukumavoshal, famous klal, something which is marinated. It's also like it's been cooked, it's like it's boiling hot. Rashi's opinion is that kovosh is when you have two things, something which is mutter and osir, or let's say basar and cholov, that have been marinated together in vinegar. It has to be kovosh dafkin, something which has a sharpness, like vinegar. Or other mafarshim say something similar to vinegar, but there are rishayim that say that kovosh refers even to being marinated or soaked in water. If two things are together in water for 24 hours, that also is kovosh. That's two opinions what kovish means. So Narav explains, when we say that something is salty, what level of salty is that? So When we say that it's like it's boiling hot, that it's salted, that you can't eat it because it's so salted. Rashi actually explains, it doesn't literally mean that you push it, can't take it into your mouth, that it's so salted. What it means is that it destroyed the taste. That you, you, don't, you don't want to eat it because it distorted the taste completely. That's what it means here. But just like when you salt food and you eat it, the salt is, is tasty, it, you can eat it, then like salted to that extent is not considered to be that it's maliach, that it's going to be like boiling hot. There was a pigeon that fell into a jug of kimcha. What's kimcha? This is the famous kutach dip. The kutach is the dip that they used in bubble, which had in it also milk. So a, a, a geisel, a, a pigeon, falls into milk. So this said that it's a lot. So we're talking about a, a cold a piece of uh, meat. This geisel was a cold piece of meat that fell into this kutach dip, which is a salty dip. And he said that it's a lot. Who is wise enough to be mad to something like this? If not for the fact that Rav Chinnah Bereidarovah said this, the Gavre Rabuhu, he's a great person, he was able to say this heter. And Omalach, and he tells you that his heter is based on the following, like we said before. When did Shmuel say that if something is salty, it's like it's boiling hot? If it's so salted that it distorts the taste, you can't eat it because of the saltiness. Hi, nechel machmas milchay. That's not the case with this kutach. It has salt in it, but you eat it, it has the regular taste. Now, the Hani Mili, Nadigamara says, when we talk about things that are salted and it falls in it and, uh, and, and you could still eat it, Hani Mili, that's only chai. If we're, talk, if we're talking about something which was raw, that fell into uh, something which was salty. I will slee if it's something which was roasted, boy, clipper. So then you do have to remove a clipper, the outer shell. And the reason is because when something is roasted, it absorbs it quicker. It softens the meat and it absorbs quicker. It's cold. Yeah. modern el de lesbe pili. And we're also talking about a piece of meat that doesn't have cracks in it. I will lesbe pili. But if what fell in has cracks in it, oster, then it will be oster because it goes into the cracks. And and if the piece of meat is also spiced up, so then with spices, oster will also be oster because it enters through the spices, soften the meat. This is the conclusion of this sogeh, of this Indian of logava, tatogava, cham, tsoinin, hot, cold. Now the Gemara starts a new Indian. Omarave or Omarav, Rav said, Basosh Chuta. If you have kosher meat, shechted meat, 
Shomeng, fat meat, shatzaloi, and you roasted it in basanavela. You roasted it in the same oven together with basanavela kochush, which is lean meat. Aser. So because you roasted it together in the same oven, it's going to be aser. My time, what's the reason it's aser? Mefatmi meyadodi. The aroma that's in the same oven, so they get a flavor from one another. And therefore, even though the non-kosher meat ha- is, is lean, it does it's not giving out any flavor, any aroma that's coming from it. But what Ashi says, what happens is that the kosher meat that has a very strong flavor and aroma from its fat goes into the non-kosher meat. And then that brings out a flavor from the non-kosher meat and it goes back into the kosher meat. So therefore, this is the concept of reiche milsihi. The aroma, the, the flavor that comes, even though they didn't touch each other at all, but the, the, the smell, the aroma that comes from the flavor of the non-kosher meat affects the kosher meat. So we're talking here even about a case where the bus in the veil is kochosh, it's lean. So obviously if it's the other way around, if it's fatty meat, the, the non-kosher meat, for sure it's going to be a problem. Levi Yomah, so Levi says that even in the reverse, even if the kosher meat was uh, lean, and you roasted that in the same oven together with a basin of veil which was fatty, mutter. It's still going to be allowed. My time at, the reason is, because Levi's opinion is, the flavor that comes from one to another is only an aroma. The reiche la milsehi. The reiach is not something which has substance in it, it's just an aroma. And the iser is only if there's a substance that mixes. Right? Even we had before in the Gemara that uh, discussion, if you remember, tam ke'ike, if the tam, if the taste of something is like it itself. So that's when there's a tam, when there's actual taste. But the, the, the aroma is even less than that. And so the reiach is not significant enough to ask us something. So that's the machloikis here between Rav and Shmuel, whether the reiach is milsa, whether the reiach is significant enough. Ovid Levi Uvde, so Levi actually in practice did, like his opinion, by the house of the Reish Galusa, there was one oven, and they were roasting in it a gedi, a, a goat meat, and the Dovaracher, and, 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 from a Dovaracher, from a Chazer, in the same oven, and he said it's okay, the Reich does not affect it. So Dr. Gemara, I'll ask you a question on this. It's, what did it say? It, what does it say in Hebrides um, regarding the carbon Pesach? You're not allowed to roast the two carbon, two carbon Pesachs together in the same oven. And why not? The Hebrides says, because of the mixture between them. What's the issue of the mixture of the carbon Pesach? So one of the halachas of the carbon Pesach is Lemenuyov. You're only allowed to eat the carbon Pesach that you're counted on. So it can't absorb anything from another carbon Pesach that you're not counted on. So my love, Tarevis Taimim. Isn't the Pshat that they get mixed the taste, the aroma that gets mixed from each other, and therefore that's considered to be like a taste. The Reach is significant enough that it asks it. The Kashila Levi, this is a question on Levi's opinion that says that the Reach is not significant enough. Says the Gemara, Loi. The pshat and the price is mipnei gufin. We're concerned if you roast them in the same oven, you might confuse them and give the wrong group a carbon pesach that's not theirs. It makes sense that this is what the Bryson means to say, that we're going to mix the actual carbon Pesach, not the mixture of the smell. It says in the end of that Bryson, You're not allowed to roast two carbonus Pesach in the same oven, even if you can distinguish between them. One is a goat and one is a lamb, so you can clearly see the difference between them. Even then, you're not allowed to roast them together. So now, if you're going to say that the concern is that you might mix up the two Korbanas Pesach to give the wrong carbon Pesach to a group. 
So that's the Chiddush, even though it's a, it's a goat and a lamb, and you can clearly see the difference between them, we're still concerned that you'll mix it up. If the issue is that the flavor of the aroma that's being mixed when you roast them together, what difference does it make if it's a goat and a goat or a goat and a lamb? Either way, you have the aroma that comes from one to another. There should be no additional Chiddush in this. Elamai says the Gemara, Al Karachach Mipnei Tareviz Gufen Huda Aser. The Bryce here is saying when you roast these two Karbonas Pesach, the only reason that it's Aser is it's a Gzerim and that you might confuse the Karbonas Pesach. Avot Tareviz Taimim Shari. But the mixture of the aroma that comes from one to another, that's not an issue. So if so, says the Gemara, So let this Braise be a refutation to Rav's opinion. Rav says that the issue is that there's an aroma that comes from one front to another. And it's very clear in this Braise that that is not an issue. The reason why the aroma that one gets from the other is not an issue is because it was, it was roasted in two different pots. So therefore they don't get aroma from another. Says the Gemara, that's what they were roasted in a pot. You're not allowed to roast the carbon Pesach in a pot, that has to be roasted in a fire. How could you say you put them in two separate pots? The pshat of here is, he roasted it in the same oven, in the fire, but in a way that it's similar to two pots. So he has two fires with like a bunch of coals in the middle, sort of separating them. So therefore it's like in two separate pots, they're not close enough to each other and it's, it's separated with coals in between that they don't get the taste from one another, even from the aroma. According to Rav, this is how you read this Braise. You're not allowed to roast a two Karbonis Pesach in the same oven because of the mixture. And my Tarevis, when we say mixture, what's the issue? Tarevis timim. Like Rav's opinion that they do get the flavor from one another because of the aroma. And then the Braise says, so that even if you're going to separate them, you're going to put coals in the middle, and you're going to separate them like two pots, the leke tarevis timim. So there's no issue that the taste, the flavor is coming from one another. Also, it's still going to be forbidden, because we're afraid that you might confuse the Karbanis Pesach and give it to the wrong group of people. And because of that concern, it's also, even if it's a goat and a lamb, we're still concerned that you might confuse them. So therefore, this Braise could be explained both according to Levi and according to Rav. Adagamara says, Omar of Mori, Ketanoi. It seems like that this Machlaikis of Rav and Levi is actually already a Machlaikis Tanoim. Because it says in the Braise, or a Mishnah actually, Haroide Pas Chama, a person takes boiling hot bread out of the oven, the Nosna, and where did he place his bread? Alpi Chavis Yayin Shal Truma, on the top of a barrel of wine, which is Truma wine. So now, it's absorbing from that aroma from the wine that comes up into this bread. So Rabbi Meir says, yes, it's Aser. It does absorb from the aroma of the wine. And Rabbi Yudah Mata. Rabbi Yudah says, no, it doesn't absorb from that aroma from the wine. Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi says, it depends what the bread is from. Rabbi Yaisi says if the bread is made from wheat flour, so then it's okay because the wheat flour does not have the nature to draw the aroma into it. But by, by barley, bread that's made from <coughs> barley, that he says is not allowed. Because the nature of the barley bread is that it draws the aroma from the wine into it. So we see right over here, this is a clear Mishnah that's discussing this subject. Whether the aroma of the wine from Truma 
goes into the bread or not. So my love, Tanoihi, don't you think that this argument of Rav and Levi is a clear machlekes Tanoim? The Mar Sovar Reiche Lav Milsihi. Rabbi Yehuda says that the aroma of the wine has not significant enough, so therefore the bread is okay. Omar Sovar Rabbi Meir holds, and actually Rabbi Yaisi also will hold that the aroma is significant, and therefore it's going to be awesome if you place it on top of the, the wine of Truma. So we have a clear machlekes here. So the Gemara says, Lelevi, according to Levi's opinion, that said, that the aroma is not significant, his opinion cannot be according to everybody. You clearly see over here that Rab Meir, Rab Yaisi, they both say that the aroma is going to be effective to acidate. So clearly, Rab Levi's opinion can't go according to everybody. Rav, the question now though is, according to Rav, should we say that Rav that says that the aroma is significant and if you roast two things in the same oven it will be Aser, should I say that Rav's opinion is dependent on a Machlaikas Tanoim here as well? And the reason why the Gemara, there's a, there's a simple distinction here. We're not talking about two things that are being roasted in the same oven. Rav was saying when two things are in the same oven. Here we're talking about taking hot bread and placing it on top of a barrel of wine. Maybe this case is different. Maybe over here the reason why, why those Tanoim or uh, Rabbi uh, Rab Yehuda that held that it's mutter held that here there is no reach. There's not enough of a reach. Maybe he really agreed to Rav that reich is milsahi but it's not being roasted in the same oven. There's not enough of a reyach here. Therefore, it's going to be mutter. So the Gemara will explain this now. It's like the Gemara, Omaloch Rav. Rav will tell you, the Kula Alme Reiche Milsihi. Really, everybody agrees that when you do have an aroma that's going from one to another, it is significant and it asks it. And over here, it's different. Over here, their argument is, do you even have a reyach? Do you have enough of a reyach to ask it or not? So, didn't we learn regarding the Pshar and this Mishnah, that he, Omer Abba Omar Ishlakish, that he explained when they argue and when they don't argue. Bepas chama, if it's boiling hot bread, is psucha, and it's an open barrel of wine, and you place the hot bread on, uh, directly on top of this open barrel of wine, everybody would agree that it's oser, because it definitely absorbs from the wine, like Rav's opinion. If it's cold bread, and it's a closed barrel of wine, everybody would agree in such a case, it's, it doesn't absorb at all, it'll be mutter. When are they arguing? Ella, one of the two cases, either when it's boiling hot bread and it's a closed barrel, or it's cold bread and it's an open barrel of wine. And in such a case, it's similar to hot bread and a, a, a um, and the open barrel of uh, wine. That's the that's the machloikus over here. Whether it's whether we compare it or not. So in other words, what was the basis of the whole machloikus here? Not whether reicha milsa here or not. Everybody agrees to rav reicha is significant to aserit. The question is, in this case, when it's cold bread and an open barrel of wine, or hot bread and a closed barrel, is there enough reich coming out? Is there enough of a reich to even affect it or not? That's the machloikus. So it, it fits, huh? That this case as well, the one that says that it's Oser says that this case as well is similar to hot bread and an open barrel of wine and therefore it will be Oser. And the other opinion says that no, it's not. So the heat has nothing to do with the absorption. The heat definitely adds to the absorption. So in a case where it's boiling hot bread and it's an open barrel of wine, for sure it absorbs. The aroma will affect it. 
if it's a hot bread, but it's closed barrel. So because it's a hot bread, it, it adds right. to, so it, it definitely adds, but there's two factors here. There's the factor of the heat of the bread and also the openness of the barrel of the wine. So the argument is, if you have only one and not the other, if there's enough of a reich here. Uh, maybe. I mean, because wine, I guess, is sharp, yeah. But could be it's from other things. For saying if it's oil or other things, it doesn't have necessarily that same sharp aroma that comes from it. Okay, and a chanami, possibly. We don't get the discussion of, of, of ilogo or tatogo over here at all. Right, we're talking about just the aroma. Right. Correct. So ilogo or tatogo is when they come in contact I with each other. When they come in contact with each other, so one cools off the other or heats up the other. Over there, it affects it, it changes it. But when you have an aroma, they never made contact. So it doesn't change the nature of the other thing. Only when they touch each other, it changes it. That's the discussion. Okay, let's finish off to the Mishnah. You bake bread in an oven together with uh, meat that was roasting there at the same time. So that bread absorbed from the reyach of the of the basar. So now you can't eat it with the kutach, which is a uh, a dairy dip, right? The kutach dip. So this is l'chayr according to Levi's opinion, because reicha milsihi, right? That's most rishonim say that this is Levi's opinion. Other rishonim say that even according to Levi, going back to Levi's opinion here, the entire sugya that says that reicha mil that reicha lav milsihi. Again, what did I say? So this is, when it says yeah. here that it's Osir, it's according to Rav's opinion. That says that the Reich affects it. But there's other Rishayim that say, even Levi that says that Reich Lav Milsihi, this is all Bidiyevet. It's not L'Chadchila that you're allowed to do this. Even when it said before that there was a Gedi and a Dover Acher that was roasted together, Levi is not to all these things, only Bidiyevet. Even, oh, huh? Milsa. Only Bidiyevet, right. Okay, but that was only Bidiyevet once it was done. So Levi was matirat. But lichat chila, to go ahead and do this, even Levi would agree. So therefore, in this case, if you have bread that was cooked together or baked together with uh, 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 meat in the oven, so bidiyevet, it's, it's not considered to be bidiyevet. You can still eat this bread, not with milk. So just stay away from eating it with milk. Another case the Gemara brings, ahi binisa itve bahadi bisra. There was a piece of fish that was roasted in the same oven together with meat. So Rav also said you can't eat this fish together with kutach because it was roasted together with the meat and it got the aroma, it got the reyach of the meat. Mar Baravashi said this fish, forget about the problem of eating it together with kutach, don't eat it even just with salt. When you have fish and meat together, so then it's not good for the person, for the reyach, the reyach of the, of the mouth. It gives bad, bad breath. And it also gives, Rashi says, tzaras. It can give you a rash. It's not healthy to eat fish and meat that are mixed with each other. This is the source of this Indian, that when we eat fish, you rinse out your mouth before you eat the meat, not to mix the two together. Stop with salt, he's saying, yeah, just to eat, even just to eat this fish itself, you don't eat the fish at all.